0: Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be discussing leadership lessons for all with Gordon Treadgold, Top 10 Global Leadership Expert. Gordon is a global guru's top 10 leadership expert and he is passionate about inspiring people to take action. He teaches leaders and organizations simple, practical, and pragmatic strategies that help them to engage, empower, and excite their teams. Gordon is the author of three books, Fast, Four Principles Every Business Needs to Drive Success and Achieve Results, Leadership Hits a Marathon, Not a Sprint, and Practitioner's Guide to Leadership. Let's hear it from Gordon.
1: Uh, it's a uh, new year and a lot of new guests are coming on the show. So, you know, uh, across the world, you know, business world or business, uh, political world everywhere. We are seeing a lot of examples of bad leadership being displayed, right? So today's uh, guest is a special guest and he is a person who knows leadership inside out. All right, so I have Mr. Gordon Gordon Treadgold with me. He's a global guru's top 10 leadership expert and he is passionate about inspiring people to take action. From the early stages of his career, Gordon has seen the benefits that inspiration brings, how it can transform companies, teams and individuals to achieve amazing results. He strongly believes that if we can create more inspiring leaders, we can help ourselves make a better world. Described as a sharp and insightful with a thought-provoking style, Mr. Treadgold teaches leaders and organizations simple, practical, and pragmatic strategies that help them to engage, empower, and excite their team. He is an author, he's an author of three books: Chartered Management Institute finalist book, Fast, Four Principles Every Business Needs to Drive Success and Achieve Results. Leadership, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and a practitioner's guide to leadership. So he is having more than 30 years of experience and he is one of the sought after experts who has successfully delivered 100 million dollars worth of programs led and developed global teams over a thousand people and I can keep on going on about his qualifications so he is gonna he's gonna talk about and teach all of us little bit about leadership how we can all uh, deploy strategies that will make us better leaders so without further ado I'm gonna bring him on.
2: Hi, you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, welcome, Gordon. Uh, Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh,
2: My pleasure. You forgot one other thing as well. I'm also, and and I said this because we're we're talking to a predominantly Indian uh, Indian audience. I'm passionate about cricket as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, 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 that's something which we all love so much in India. And I, right. I loved
2: I loved uh, India spanking Australia in the second test. Third test <laughs> not as good, but the, uh, watching them win the second test was amazing, especially in Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the <laughs> team has team has been doing pretty good. Uh, yep. So you, you you follow cricket? Uh, you are a fan of any particular team, as such?
2: I'm from Yorkshire. Oh,
1: right.
2: Yorkshire! <laughs> we we are the home of cricket. Joe right. Root. Joe Root is a Yorkshireman. You could right. only play for Yorkshire um, and, until about twenty years ago. You could only play for Yorkshire if you were born in Yorkshire. Fantastic. So
1: have and, you have you played cricket?
2: Oh yeah, I played. I played badly. I was I was what we technically call a slow, no spin bowler. <laughs> 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 no, there are, there are fancy terms these
1: days, yeah. this and yeah. that. So <laughs> no, no,
2: I was I was just I was easy to hit. That was the, <laughs> that was the technique. And my and my batting was if you need four, send me in. If it need if you need much more than that, then send somebody else. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: I, I actually I follow your journey uh, on Facebook, especially uh, I see you and your wife. You keep traveling, keep trying new cuisines and a yeah. lot, of, lot of excitement. Uh, so thank you so much for taking time to join us. Oh, today. you're
2: welcome. Uh,
1: so uh, Gordon, I started the show during COVID-19 and uh, it's a, just a simple show to draw inspiration from people like you. And get some uh, insights and tips which we all can implement in our lives. Sure. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so I have curated a set of questions for you. Uh, which, okay. if, you're, if you're ready, I can start yeah, one by absolutely.
2: one. Absolutely. Are there any on uh, cricket?
1: All right. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, talking about you, you know, you have more than thirty years of experience, and now being global guru, top ten leadership expert, can you can you just Take us through a little bit of that journey.
2: Um, yeah, so I, I I'm a, a mad sportsman. So yeah, very competitive in uh, in nature, and I, I would say that I, I played a a lot of sport to a level above and beyond my capability, uh, right. and. Uh, and, and and the reason I say that is because I think that, you know, sport's a great learning ground. And, and what you see in sport is that, and India, for me, were a prime example. You know, used to have some of the best players in the world, but weren't really a great team. Under right. Dhoni, that, that's all changed. You know, India is now uh, a great team. And we see that with Pakistan. Amazing players, but as a team, uh, yeah. Not so much. But it was that understanding the power of teamwork and preparation, and that uh, the you know average people could be uh, good players and great players if if they were well prepared and a strategy and a plan. So that was kind of my you know uh, growing up as a, a youth, and uh, and then I went to university and I studied mathematics, which was great because that got me into problem solving. And then I worked in I worked in IT, and then the career was pretty much laid out. You'll be a programmer, a junior, a trainee, for six months, a junior for a year, a programmer. And I thought, yeah, I don't want to do that. So what can I what can I do to accelerate that? And and, uh, what I saw was that everybody avoided the difficult projects. You know, when it comes to cricket, you know, I, I don't want to play Bangladesh or Kenya or Canada. I want to play Australia. You know, right check, check on the difficult things, and uh, people used to say to me, But aren't you worried if it will fail? Well, we already think it's going to fail, so there is no downside if it right. fails, it fails but if we if we successfully deliver it, now you're building a reputation and You know taking on the difficult projects is a fast path providing you're successful and and doing that what i found was that i i was pretty good at turning around failing projects underperforming teams and departments i learned a lot about failure what caused it how to fix it and that got me promoted and, and invited to lead bigger and bigger projects more often than not though Right. Not from the start. I, you know, if I was going to be the captain of the Titanic, I would get the call <laughs> after it hit the high, the iceberg. <laughs> and right. uh, and what you find is that with a lot of uh, a lot of the things that are failing, it has got nothing to do with. Uh, you know, I worked in IT, but very very few projects failed because of technology. They fail because of poor planning, poor preparation, lack of motivation uh, right. of the teams you know exactly as I say you know Pakistan great players, not a great team, and this is why this is why they don't achieve their full potential and, right. and that that was then because i t changes so quickly it's impossible to keep up with the technology, so I kind of branched away from that. Uh, and focused on on the leadership. And and just recently, I uh, I did a, a program for Fujitsu. I was a fifth project manager. I was brought in to lead a data center migration from an on-premise data center to uh, Azure in the cloud. I was the fifth project manager. I was the least knowledgeable about Azure, yeah. but I was the person that delivered it. Because right. the issues, the issues were not related to a job. We had fantastic experts, but they weren't. They weren't set up in a position where they could succeed, and and right. that and that's that's so that's really my background. And yeah, you know, it's become more and more people focused and more leadership focused because it's been lead, a lack of leadership that has caused to fail. And then about six years ago. Um, I, I, no, I think it was a bit longer. I think it was about eight years ago. I successfully delivered a, uh, a program that saved three hundred and fifty million and uh improved operational performance. And I got um, great credit for the results. But in my rating, I, I was told, "Yeah, we're not going to give you a good rating because your leadership's not great. not great." And I said, "Well, how did I achieve the result?" And They said, "We don't know." but it wasn't to do with leadership you need to change your leadership and i and and that just made me decide you know i went back and i looked at it and a lot of the feedback i got people wanted to work for me because we were we, you know we would take on the difficult things and we would succeed and, and that becomes an attractive uh leadership style and uh that just made me decide okay what i want to do is i want to share with people how i lead so more people can, uh, and, and others lead in a similar way as well, share those techniques uh, simply. And as I said, from that mathematics, I'm great at pattern recognition. So I was able to decompose what it was I was doing so I could explain it simply and clearly so people could you know, uh, replicate the, uh, the approach. And hence right. the book Fast. Fast is about what causes things to fail and, and simple steps you can take to fix it. So right that's, right that's kind of been the journey.
1: Right right so uh, I'm pretty sure that to be an expert in something you have to have uh like for example if you have to be an expert on leadership you have to be a great leader yourself. So you are well, the
2: perfect example. No, well yeah, I I agree but I think I think there are some people that are experts on cricket and have yet never never caught a catch never hit a ball never never bowled but right. they've studied it they've studied it and what we, the, the, there are three things. I think there are three things that we need. We need to have that uh, or two things that we need to really make as an expert. We need to have the, uh, the expertise. So we have to have the understanding and then we have to have the experience that goes with it. Right. Right. You That's the combination. Um, yeah. I mean, is, is, um, is, is Tendulkar uh, an expert on batting? Um, well he looks pretty good and he's got a ton of experience so that right. you know you would put him into that uh, category he's probably studied it and has the experience and a lot of people have just under the studying I, I meet a lot of experts and um, they tell me oh this is a much better way to lead and i and then i ask them well how does that work with a team of 1000 people and they said i don't know i've only led seven people <laughs>
1: Right, right. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, uh, it doesn't it, it it's an it's it's a nice idea in theory. I want to know I want to know what works in practice.
1: Right, so. right. That's why that's why I've curated but questions on that, that. we want to get as much as practical yeah. knowledge also from you. All yeah. like, right. Uh, some so when it comes to leadership there's always a question that leaders are you know born or made? So, are leaders born or made? So, what are your thoughts on
2: that? Uh, very, very simple. Um, leaders were born. You couldn't be the king unless you were the son of the king.
1: Right. You couldn't
2: be a noble unless you were a noble. Right. Yeah,
1: you know, that's <laughs> just,
2: it's just bullshit. It, 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 it's an expression that's used to keep average people down. You can't right. be a leader. You weren't born into the leadership class. Um, and, and I don't think that's true at all. And certainly in the British military, you had to come from the right background to be an officer. You right. know, getting promoted in the field was uh, more difficult. But for me, leaders, leaders leaders are made. Yes, you might be born with a little bit more charisma that will help you, but charisma on its own is not going to get you very far. You've got to be able to deliver results. Um and, and and we can learn all these we can learn all these things leadership for me it, it's a choice and you can choose to believe that leaders are born and you don't have it in which case you're not going to be a leader or you can do what i did and that was uh i'm going to lead i want to lead i'm going to lead and then whether you're a good leader or a bad leader, that's a different that's a different question. But we can all right. we can we can we we can all have we can all lead. We just have to make that decision to gather, as I said just earlier, gather the expertise. So read up, learn, and then get the experience. And if you've got expertise and experience, boom, you're off to the races
1: right right got that 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 so is our no
2: excuse no excuses <laughs> yeah because
1: that's one question uh, most of the uh, leadership trainers or they they will come and ask these kind of questions that confuse yeah. people so yeah I am, it's, just, I'm, uh,
2: it's a bullshit question it's a question designed to keep the the middle and lower classes in their place sorry right. to say
1: Got that, got that. That's 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 I like I like that uh, for, <laughs> honest opinion there, right? So, uh, when it comes to leaders, you know, what does being a leader really mean? And second part of that question is, how can one know what are the right qualities one should focus on to become a good leader?
2: So, I so again, I have I have um, so what was the first question? What does it mean to so, be a leader? Did yes. you say? so yes. for me, for me, being a leader, it's about. It's about putting your team in a position to be successful. Uh, And that that actually might mean that you're the manager of the team and you don't play. And so you you select the team, you train the team, you coach them, you set the tactics up, and then you watch them go and succeed. Or it might be that you're playing with the team and you do some of the work as well. But it's all about setting the team up for success. It's not about you as an individual I mean, sometimes it can be about you carrying the team on your back, but that that's a limited style of leadership for me because you can you can only do that to a certain level. You know, when, right. when you're managing a team of a thousand, you can't be involved hands-on. Right. And so, so leadership it's about it's about setting the team up for success, setting the direction, uh, and setting them up for success, and then supporting the team on the journey to success. For me, right. that that's a leader and you have to be a role model for the behavior you want for for the people within your teams and if you do it long enough and well enough then that will become the culture of the organization
1: absolutely now in
2: terms of what quality is this is a very very simple question people ask me all the time what quality should i work on and my answer is always the same what qualities do you look for a leader in a leader that you would follow so that's, that's, if you and, and if and if everybody did that we would have no micromanagement because nobody and I mean nobody wants to work for a micromanager uh, so if you if you only led in a way that you would like to be led we would see a much we would see the elimination of toxic culture Nobody wants to work in a toxic culture for a toxic leader or a micromanager. So look for the qualities. And I think, you know, if if you then ask me what are the qualities that I look for in a leader, I look for uh, integrity. I've got to be able to trust the leader. You know, you you can't say one thing and do another. You've got to be supportive. You've got to provide clarity of direction. You know, tell me what you want. Tell me when you want it. And then get out of the way and let me do it. Right. So that's that's what I that's what I look for in a leader. Oh, and then the last thing is, and when I've done it, uh, round of applause, please. That would be <laughs> that would be that would be nice.
1: Right, right. That's that's a very uh, very in depth words uh, for that kind of answer. That's very and simple. Follow, be the kind of leader you would follow. Absolutely, that's the, that's a key takeaway there. You know, if <laughs> yeah. if, if, everybody, if everybody does that, I think, uh, as yeah. you
2: mentioned,
1: there will be no more toxicity in the working relationships. Absolutely.
2: If, if you won't follow you, why should I? <laughs> Absolutely, that's that's a good that's a valid
1: point there,
2: right? But, but, we, but know, we see but we see this all the time in sport. I mean, one of the worst leaders in cricket uh, was Geoffrey Boycott fantastic cricketer terrible captain because it was all about him his stats you know how many if you ask jeffrey boycott to sacrifice his wicket for the team i just don't see that i just don't <laughs> see that happening
1: <laughs> right, it, was a, it was a good commentator too <laughs> yeah
2: and, and a phenomenal cricketer but not there's a story about Jeffrey Boycott when they were playing in India uh, uh, sorry in Pakistan and Abdul Qadir was just ripping the team to pieces and both them um, uh, was batting number six with him. They were like the six wicket partnership, and both of them came up to him and said, "I've figured Abdul Qadir out." And, and Boycott said, "Me too, but let's keep it to ourselves." <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, that's selfish. That, that's that's stupid. not. Which is not what you're looking for in a leader. For him, okay. it was like, "I'm playing great. Who cares no, about the team?" Play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Right that's I was not aware of that story thank you for sharing that also <laughs> right so you know but still if you look at uh, you know current scenario even even uh, let it be political business world there's a dearth or there's a ab- absence or real absence felt of good leaders so what is what is the main reason behind the thing?
2: i think i think i don't think there's a dearth of good leaders i just don't think they're in the important leadership positions i mean that, that is true. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not really uh, that religious, but the, the, the uh, Pope Francis seems to show good leadership as the Pope. But you know, Donald Trump. <laughs> I, you know, five days left. That's all you can. That's the best thing you can say. And, and Boris Johnson in England, I don't think. I don't think he's a good leader. Very, very narrow and restrictive. Angela Merkel, a fantastic leader. I think right. Macron does a good job. Uh, Jacinda um, in New Zealand uh, does. does a good does a does a good job. Um, I, I don't really know uh, a huge amount about Modi. He seems to get good feedback, but there's a lot of people that don't like him as well. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Maybe that's just because with India, when you've got 1.3 billion people, even if 2% don't like you, that's still a lot a of people. Number. It's a huge number, a huge number of people. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think there are good leaders, but I think at the moment we're just going through, definitely in politics, a period where populism is, um, is on the rise. And I, I, I don't, I don't, Personally, I don't like that at all. I don't think it's... uh, Because it's fake. You know, they're they're talking about, you know, we're doing it for you. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Every single person in the US in Congress is a millionaire or multimillionaire. What do they know about the people? And I think in America, I think something like 35%, maybe 40, are on minimum wage. They have no understanding... Of the life of forty percent of their uh, people, they're leading. Yeah, like, how 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 does that work?
1: Right, right. That's absolutely shocking. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, my next question is for organizations. So, is it possible for organizations to develop quality leaders? And if it's possible, uh, any tips you normally suggest to your clients or your uh, the organizations you consult with?
2: Yeah. So the, there's a. So, yeah, lead, organizations can um, create good leaders. And I, I think it, it's not just about leadership training. Leadership training is great. But leadership training is like, you know, <laughs> sorry to bring it back to cricket, but it, it's a common uh, experience we have. Is You know, I could spend 10 hours with Tendulka in the nets learning batting. And that would be great. But the training alone is not enough. You then want to to be able to have access to people to, you know, ideally what you'd want is you'd want to do the training with him, then have an opportunity to meet once a month to discuss any issues. And every now and again, you'd like to be able to have him there watching you play and saying, yeah, stop doing that. That's not good leadership. So leadership development's got to include three things. It's got to include... The training it's got to include mentoring, and I would also say it almost needs to include uh, mastermind groups where once a month leaders can come together with the with the trainer or the coach and then just say, "Okay, this is what we did here." It didn't work. It did work any tips and advice so we can help uh, help them move on. And then the most important thing, the absolute most important thing, is that uh, companies need to have a leadership, what I would call a leadership framework. You have to have a model for the kind of leadership you want. And then everybody needs to exhibit that kind of leadership. And I remember I worked at one company, and I, as I was leaving the company, um, they, they they ran a, a one week leadership training and right. about the, the people I think they were one level down from me went on the training and I was speaking to a couple of them at my leaving do and I said what was the training like they went it was awesome I was like oh well that's really good and then they said and then it's bad as well and I said why is that they said because there is nobody above us that leads in the way we're trained and in fact Perfect. anybody who led like that has either been ostracized or fired so you want you train us to lead this way but anybody that leads that way their <laughs> career is is short lived so there's that inconsistency between do what do what i say and do what i do so this is why i say you have to have that leadership model what do we uh, so when i when i uh, ran the organization with a thousand people i actually brought in an external uh, and i worked with and i i defined the the leadership model along with them that we wanted but i got an external to do it because then it was perceived as it wasn't my idea it It was a a best-in-class idea. And and then we said, this is what good leadership looks like. And we shared it with the entire organization, those in leadership and those that weren't in leadership positions. And then we said, and if anybody um, doesn't lead like this, feel free to challenge them on it. Because this this is what we've agreed is our leadership model. It's not my model, although it was. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was one that the team have agreed and bought into. So we've collectively agreed it. So now everybody should live that model. And if you've got that and you allow people to call people out, then you'll 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 be in a position where you've got that great development. But you can put the best training in the world. But if the people above uh, do different things, it, it, it's a disconnect and it's not going to work.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You have to walk and
2: the talk. And I see that so many times. See that right. so many times right
1: right all right so uh, from organizations to individuals so if 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 somebody wants to develop themselves as a quality leader uh w- what are your thoughts on that what what they should focus on and what should what are the action items for them?
2: if you want to if you want to be a better swimmer read read books on swimming get in the pool and swim right so <laughs> so so take any opportunity you can to lead if you play for a if you play for a cricket team you know volunteer to be the captain if you if you're a charity organization and they're looking for people to lead even if it's something that you might not be excited about go and take that leadership opportunity there's there's lots of opportunities where we can volunteer to lead um I, you know one of the things that always surprises me is that um a lot of people they it, it's like you know again a little bit of a cricket analogy if you if you wanted to play for india would you wait until you were selected to develop the skills Or would you develop the skills and play as much cricket as you could everywhere so people could see you and go, wow, that guy's good at cricket. Let's bring him into the team. And in leadership, what people do time and time again is they say, I wait until I get picked for India before I'll pick a bat up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
2: that's not going to happen, is it? That's That's not how we do things. So why would you do that in leadership? So, you know, Learn to lead, go out and lead, be seen leading. And you can lead from a position, uh, a non-leadership position, because if leadership is about setting teams up for success and supporting them, then you can support people in the team that you're in. Get the reputation for being somebody who empowers and enables and encourages people. Give people recognition when you see them doing good work. There's a lot of leadership things you can do, you can learn and see the benefit of, so that when you do get given the opportunity, you're already leading. You know, right. you're all you're already an international cricketer, you just don't have the cap.
0: And then when right. they give you the cap,
2: boom, off you go. Right, and right. I've seen
1: that happen in a lot of corporate setups where yeah. people wait for their promotion to start behaving like a leader.
2: Not, even, not only do they not buy a bat, not only do they not pick up a bat, they don't even buy one. <laughs> they sit there waiting and it's like, you're going to be waiting forever. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, you, know, if you worked for in my organisation, if you were not leading in the position you were in, I wouldn't put you into a leadership position. Why would I do that?
1: Right. Especially
2: yeah. if other people are showing me the leadership capability. You know, the ability to support, the ability to recognise, helping people, making sacrifice, being a role model all these are all things you can do from outside a leadership position
1: got it got it that's that's very uh very good answer actually i i I, i'm gonna listen to it again (laughs) once this is over right so you know uh i i i know that from from your body of work you know you believe in inspiring individuals to take action so you know for for all of us you know how can we all become more action oriented rather than theory you know get on to
2: action. action so the, the expression or, or the saying i use more than any other is that people are not afraid of hard work they're afraid of failure and when we cannot see how to be successful then then why would we why would we bother even trying right. Yeah, we would we wouldn't even bother trying so what we have to do is we have to show people how they can be successful. I always tell this story about uh, my two best friends, Tarak and uh, Dave. And when I decided that I was going to run a marathon at the age of 52, and they said to me, you're too fat, you're too old, you're too unfit. And I said, yeah, but I have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, okay, what's your plan? I said, well, day one, I'm going to run for 15 minutes. And they said, yep, you could do that. And I said, day two, I'm going to run for 15 minutes. And I'm going to run 15 minutes every day of the week. I'll take Saturday off. And then on Sunday, I'm going to run for 20 minutes. Because I run for 15 every day. I can do 20. They went, yeah, that would work. And I said, okay. Then the next week, I'm going to run 20 minutes every day, Saturday off, 25 on Sunday. And they said, are you planning to just run five minutes more every week? And I said, yep. But if I (laughs) do that over 26 weeks... I'll be running for four and a half hours, which is close enough to being able to run a marathon. And they looked at me and they said, we'll do it with you.
0: So they went from,
2: <laughs> they went Because when they said I couldn't do it, what they meant was we can't do it. So you definitely can't do it because we're, right. younger, we're younger and fitter than you are. But when, when they could see how step-by-step step, we could go from where we were to the finish line, happy to do it. And sometimes it's not necessary to see – the full journey but uh, you know what are the three things that we could do right now to get started and if people see that and they can do it then they're going to be inspired to take action then as a leader our job is to fuel that action with recognition good job well done good job well done keep going you've got this and and sometimes it might be okay. Now you've got to hear. This is the next three things to do. Now you've got to hear. These are the next things to do. If you don't see the full journey, right from the start. So that's what we need to do to inspire people: is to uh, show them, show them what they need to do to be successful. Give them the belief that they that they have a chance to be successful. Right, you know, as I say you know, we, we might not have finished the marathon that, you know, we might have got injured or something, but at least we could see that we had a chance at it. And when people believe they've got a chance at it, and if it's aligned with their uh, aspirations, boom, they'll, they'll go and do it. I, mean, I coached a woman to write a book and she'd been writing for two years and she'd written 10,000 words. And, and this comes back to my fast approach. Um, She'd been working for two years, and she'd written ten thousand words, and she she was kind of not sure what she wanted to do. So she hired me for a coaching session. <clears throat> so I said, "Yep, I'll do that." She and she booked two hours with me to start with. And so when she came in, I said to her, "Okay, um, where are we?" She said, "Yep, I've done ten thousand words. I went brilliant. How many words is your book gonna be?" She said, "I don't know." <laughs> I said, "Okay." how will you know when you're finished <laughs> it's like cricket you want to bat second because then you know how many runs you need to get it's hard to know how many set. and we agreed that her book would be forty thousand words i was like great so it's forty thousand words and i said what's your book about she said it's about eight eight ways that we can win at life and i was like okay great so it's 10 chapters she said how did you come up with that i said introduction your eight ways conclusion, and she was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> so now it's ten chapters, four four thousand words a chapter, a thousand words. sorry, four thousand words a chapter. Yeah, we've got that. And then I said to her, "You know, I've written fifteen hundred articles." I said, "Do you know how long it takes to write a thousand words?" She said, "No." I said, "It takes me to write a thousand words between uh, thirty and forty minutes." She said, oh, yeah, that seems reasonable. And I said, okay, let's assume it takes you an hour. She said, yeah. I said, so it takes you an hour to do a 1,000 words. If you spend an hour a day writing for the next 40 days, that's 40,000 words. And she went, I can finish it in 40 days? And I said, well, it depends whether you you throw the first 10,000 words away or not. If you don't, it's only 30 days. And she right. said to me, and she, then she, she cut the meeting short. She said to me, we're done. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to write my book. And, and she, <laughs> she, 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 I think we did 90 minutes out of the two hours. And, and she kept emailing me telling me I've done this many words. I've done this many words. And in 30 days, she'd finished the first draft of the book. Wow, <laughs> because, she, because she could see, she she could see. It's forty thousand words, a thousand words a day, forty days. I'm done.
1: Right, right, fantastic.
2: Ten chapters. And, and that was it was as it was as simple as that now all i've done you know for me people said that's coaching but you know for me that was leadership i i put her in a position where she could be successful We def- we defined what success looked like and then we defined 40 steps needed to get there and
0: Absolutely. she knew
2: and she knew that she could do each of those steps Right. <laughs> inspired, inspired to action. And, right. and when I did the, and when I did the marathon running, um, I, I just said this is a different type of inspiration. When I did the marathon running, uh, you know, I'm, I, I could probably lose a little bit of weight. Let's just put it that way. But when I started running and was doing five thousand meters and then ten thousand training thousand uh, meters running, and I would post that on Facebook, people would be looking like wow, if that fat boy can run, I bet I can run. And then they ended up calling me and saying, can I come and run with you? And and I ended up uh, getting, um, I've done 12 marathons now, but I ended up getting uh, seven people to run their first marathon with me. And, And two of them were my best friends. They did the first one with me. But other people, they were inspired to act by watching me do it and then thinking, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So sometimes, again, that you know that can be leading by being a role model, and and as I say, because they could see me doing it, that gave them the belief that they could do it. Right, right.
1: I've seen your posts sir, when you r- run and you take a sweaty selfie, and post it.
2: <laughs> I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't run a marathon for two years, and uh, so uh, yeah, for two years I, I ran the last one. Um, two years ago in October, but I've, I've I've signed up for the I've moved to Spain and I've I've signed up for the Valencia Marathon in October, so I'm uh, I'm back out on the uh, on the on the training. I was supposed to be doing an test um, uh, next month. My 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 two brothers were in the army, and you know the SAS Special Forces, they have a qualifying event, um, which is which is in mid January freezing cold you have to go up a mountain down a mountain and then back up the mountain down the mountain it's about fifteen miles in total and it takes about five hours and it's pretty steep you know no climbing but it's uh and my brother said to me what do you think and I said I don't know what do you think he went you can do it. I, I'll, I'll teach you how to do it. And, you know, I, he said, I've done it. I'll show you how to do it. You can easily do it. And he talked me through it, and I was going to go and do that. And and that is an SAS qualifying event. You know, if you're in the Army, you can't be in the SAS unless you've done this. So, so it's not easy, but he was able to break it down and give me the advice. And I was supposed to be doing that next month. Fortunately, because of COVID, <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's nice. So. Yeah. But yeah, but this is, this is how we inspire people to take action. Show right. them. Show them the first few steps. I I, I was I wrote a blog I wrote a, a blog this morning on you know uh, better tips for goal setting and one of the things um I was reminded of was that when people set new year resolutions 92% of people don't even start. And they don't right. start because they say, you know, I want to be heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And then mm-hmm. they, they're like, I don't know how to do that. And then they, they end up not starting. And most goals fail at the start. If we right. get, if we, if we, we kick off and start doing it, you, you have a chance of succeeding. But if, if you right. don't know where you're going, then it just fails. Right. So these blog posts you publish on I, your can own? I just, can I just come back? Um, so... If that's leadership, do you have to be born to be able to explain to somebody how to run a marathon? No. And that is why leaders are not born, they're made. Because that's all leadership is. But sorry, go on, you were saying.
1: Yeah, I was asking, uh, these blogs are published on your own website or on Forbes, et cetera?
2: Yeah, um, so I've, I've written about, I've written 1,400 on my own website and then You know, I couldn't write. I I was a terrible, my English teacher told me, this is another thing uh, as a leader. We have to be the voice of positivity. My English teacher told me, you know, I'm really uh, glad you're good at mathematics because your English sucks. You will never do anything with English. But that stopped me from writing for years. And and being English, when I think about writing, I think about Shakespeare, Dickens, Chaucer, and I thought, I can't write like any of them. And then it occurred to me I don't like reading any of them because it's really? hard work. And I I, and I just decided I'm gonna do it and, and and see where it goes. I wanna write and share ideas and it, it's not about the quality of the writing, it's about the quality of the idea. Absolutely. And, and 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 doing that within within two years, I was writing for Inc. magazine, I was writing for Entrepreneur, I've written in Forbes and I've had articles translated into 18 languages but that was just because of that you know setting off and 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 you know dipping a toe into the water uh, and and trying right right i
1: have read your articles on forbes uh many a times yeah,
2: right. i have about 300 on ink i think i've only done a couple on Forbes, but on ink there's hunters 300 and as i say 1500 on my blog and i write a lot on linkedin as well okay
1: All right. All right. Fantastic. All right. So, you know, um, my next question before we move on to listening to your story uh, before, uh, you know, that one last question about leadership is, you know, tough times are when real leaders stand up and um, people look up to them. So uh, how can leaders or executives develop that aspect of their leadership? Like tough times, the resilience. (sighs)
2: So I think, what is it that stops people from standing up? And I, I think, I think sometimes it can be a fear of failure. Right. You know, this is really tough. I, I'm happy to be a passenger. I I, I don't want to lead on this. Um, I think sometimes you might be in a leadership position, and tough times happen. But what we've just got to do is we've we've just got to th- to think about what, you know what's the direct. It's like COVID. I mean, COVID is a nightmare. I mean, my my, my son's suffering with it now. My dad had it last uh, two weeks ago, at eighty-five. My sister had it. A uh, uh, partner had it. They're, they're they're all okay. But you know, it, it's like we didn't know what the answer we didn't know what the answer was to eradicate it but we knew that wearing masks helps socially distancing helps washing hands helps so as a leader stand up and say that you might not know the full direction but just just point people in a even if it's not the right direction point them in a better direction Just think about, if you don't know the full journey, just think about what's the next step. Look at things where we, where we lack certainty, we might not be able to fix that. So focus on the things that you can fix, the things that we, you know, we can do. And We've just got to. The more we, the more we practice and and develop that and and get into it, the 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 better we'll be. Come at it, and and the, you know, when you think about the fear of failure, we worry about the worst thing that could happen. But actually, when you get in and the worst thing happens, you tend to think, "Meh, it wasn't that bad. I'll I'll now get on with it." I mean, I, I used to play a rug. I used to play rugby. And I used to see it all the time people would be like, "Oh my god, I don't want to get, I don't, you know, I don't want to get punched." And they would be worried about it and worried about it. But if they got punched in the first two minutes, they'd be like, "Yeah, it was nothing. I'm into it now." Because you know, but you know, think about cricket—you don't want to get hit by the ball. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it hurts, but actually, once you've been hit by a couple, yeah, it's not that bad. So you've got to, you've got to get used to taking the knocks. Right. And then you realize it's not that, bad. if you've you know if you've never been punched, you'll always be afraid of being punched right once you, right. you if you've been punched by Mike Tyson, then you'll always be worried about being punched. so we don't need to be too stupid about it. but I mean it's it, I think a lot of the things that we're worried about are actually nowhere near as bad as we we think they are, and you know we just have to you know think about short steps, you know right. we we know that. A vaccine is going to be the solution ultimately for COVID. And it's going to take a year to develop, a year to test, and then start rolling out. So what can we do between now and then in order to do it? So if you're running a business uh, and it's one, you know, let's say you're running a restaurant business and and you're you're closed down and you can't serve people or you're only open at 30% capacity, dreaming of it being open fully is great and worrying about how you can open it fully is great, but to be honest, it's not going to happen until a vacuum. So, what can we do differently? You know, can we do a takeaway service? Can we reach out and do delivery? Right. I have a friend, my, my, one of my brothers is uh, is a mountain guide, so you know, he takes people up and down, uh, you know, trekking mountain for charity. And when when COVID hit, that killed his business, and what he decided was and i did this i climbed mount everest and he well yeah he said he calculated that the flight of stairs in my house is 15 stairs and if i went up and down 1980 times i climbed the equivalent of mount everest so wow. I actually did so I actually did that over three months. But he actually had he created a second business. Instead of taking people out walking, he told them that if you if you do this many flights of stairs, it's the equivalent of climbing, you know, there's what they call the Yorkshire Three Peaks, Penny Genty. He calculated, and you'll see them now on Facebook. There's other companies that now do this. You know, walk Adrian's Wall or Great Wall of China, and they offer medals and certificates. So he actually took his business, which is 100% outdoors, and made it into an indoor into an indoor business.
1: Right, right, right.
2: right. <laughs> so, so stop dreaming. That everything's going to go back to normal and deal with the reality you've got now and think, what can I do to make this 5% better, 10% better? And it, it you know, we, one of the things that we, everybody has um, is a brain, and our brains are ridiculously powerful. And if you focus them on finding problems and why you can't do things, they will be massively successful. Right. If you, if you focus them on looking for things that you can do, you will find them. We can be massively and you'll be massively successful. So it's a question of where do you choose? Do you choose to look for problems or do you choose to look for solutions?
1: Okay.
2: Um, and people in leadership look for solutions. There's always something we can do to make it better.
0: Right. It
2: might it might not be perfect, but it will improve it a little bit. And 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 develop develop that habit develop that right. habit. Right. Got
1: it. So, uh, you know, now uh, I think I'm, I'm exhausted by leadership-related <laughs> questions. Uh, I've got enough uh, insights for, uh, you know, thinking straight right now. So now I have certain questions which are connected to Mr. Gordon, so okay. uh, first couple of questions is about your books. So I want to talk a little bit about you are a celebrated author, first of all. Mm-hmm. So if I, your first book, Fast Four Principles, every business needs to that, that
2: was my third book. Oh,
1: that was your third book, all yeah. right
2: the third? So, the first book was Leadership. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and, oh,
0: I, and I, right.
2: I and I wrote that when I decided to do a marathon, and at the same time I'd started writing on leadership, but I didn't know how to write a book.
0: Right. Because you
2: know, the leadership, there's no plot. There's no boy meets girl, boy loses girl. So what's the structure? Uh, and when I started running the marathon, what I realized was that I was having to lead myself. I was having to do preparation, motivation, come up with strategies and and, and plans. And then I thought, could I use this as a framework, 26 miles, 26 chapters, Each chapter about a leadership principle and then how I use that in business and then how I use that um, to guide myself to run a marathon. So I'm now a guinea pig for what (laughs) I'm teaching. So obviously, chapter one is about goal setting.
1: Right. And then it
2: was the very, you know, then the various chapters about planning, preparation, motivation, all that kind of stuff, execution, persistence. And then I wrote, right. I, I wrote, I wrote more about business, than I did about the marathon. But then I, I, I said, and this is how I used it here, so you could see that that progression of, you know, from you know, as a startup, you know, I can right. run for fifteen minutes. I am the ultimate startup company. And I want right. to get to go from running from fifteen minutes to running for five hours. Uh, so that was the first book, leadership. It's a marathon, not a sprint.
1: Got it. Got it. So that is one question out of the way. <laughs> so your third book, uh, which is uh, fast four principles every business needs to thrive. So can you talk? It's a it's a Chartered Management Institute uh, finalist also. And- yeah,
2: it was, it was out of the final five, and people ask me. Uh, Was I disappointed that I didn't win? And the answer was no, I wasn't. Because Alex Ferguson, manager of Manchester United, had written a book called uh, Lead or Leader. And he was in the same category. And I made it to the final five and he didn't. (sighs) I'm from Leeds. We hate Manchester United. Leeds won... Manchester nil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, recently, I
1: recently saw the documentary about Leeds United on, uh I think, Netflix,
2: Amazon. Oh, Amazon. On Amazon Prime. Oh, I mean, that's leadership. Mark Marcello, Bielsa, all hail.
1: Seriously, yes, I'm
2: a fan of, of it. Well, yeah, because if... What the what the documentary doesn't really show, it shows it a little bit, but you have to know the the history. Was that the season before he joined, we finished thirteenth in the league, uh, and we were we had the thirteenth best attack, the thirteenth best defense, the thirteenth best goalkeeper. We couldn't have been any more thirteenth
0: <laughs> if,
2: if our lives depended on it. We were boring. We were unimaginative. It was terrible football and in the space of six weeks he completely changed the culture within the team and he, he he took them from being the the one of the 13th most attractive team to being the number one attractive team and we we and it was with the same um it was the same squad but one or two of the people who started didn't start and the reserve started and, and and when you watch the first game of the season, the commentators were like, I can't believe this is the same 11 people. Because honestly, right. last year, they weren't worth watching. And now, we're the most attacking, we're the most dynamic. And, and one of the players, Calvin Phillips, and, and this is about motivation and inspiration. Calvin Phillips, Leeds were thinking about selling him. They weren't really sure whether he was a, he was good enough. Marcello Bielsa came in and he said to him, um, within two years, if you do what I say, you'll be playing for England. So this is a player who thinks he's not good enough for the club and the new manager says in two years, he'll be playing for England.
1: Right, right.
2: Of course, you're going to listen to him. Two years later, Calvin Phillips made his debut for England.
0: That's and cool. all
2: of the- players have bought into it and you know there's a there's criticism criticism of him now in the premier league because we'll win a game 4-0 we'll lose a game 4-0 but what people forget is that it's fundamentally that same team that finished 13th so we are not great players but we've become a very good team
1: right, and right.
2: And and it, it's that's for me that's the essence of leadership, and this is why he's revered. People, you know, people love his enthusiasm, his passion, his commitment to it, and yeah, amazing. Yeah, and,
1: and the best part to see was how the how the city or the town they oh. love the team, oh, they are Well, the, I've never
2: seen it like that. So I, I so my cricket is a big passion, and I lived halfway between Headingley uh the you know the venue for the fourth test test series and every uh test match in every test series, and Ellen Road. I was a Legion Knights supporter from the age of eight and we went to see them play with Don Revy when they were great um but with with bielsa it's been absolutely magical and bringing it now back to leadership, one of the things that I will tell you about leadership and everybody in leadership will tell you is communication communication communication. He doesn't speak English.
1: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Oh no. he's,
0: he's
2: inspired. He's inspired the entire team, and yet he doesn't really speak English. And you, you look at Liverpool and and Jurgen Klopp. And Jurgen Klopp is passionate. He hugs the players. Yes. Bielsa, are you watching? Bielsa doesn't do that. He's quite distant. He's quite right. reserved. So, right. so how how is he doing it? And it's through his passion, his ethic, his commitment. Um, did you see the game where we we, we cheated, basically? We, we the, There was a player that was injured, and they yeah. thought we would kick the ball out, and we, didn't, we went and scored. He went crazy and said, let them score. Let them score. No other team would have done that. Right. Or post- oh, we would have done. Yeah, but he did that, and that's right. his passion. And there was one player who tried to stop it. He sold that player.
0: yeah
2: you know you don't have the um you don't have the values that we do so he brings it you know the person it's you know so his personality communicates louder than he does you know when we talk about actions speak louder than words when you can't speak any english that's absolutely crystal clear how powerful how powerful your words are, and that vision that he's got them of we are going to be the most attractive, the most attacking team, and you're going to love playing it. It's going to get the best results we can get, and he's massively motivated. And I and I would tell people if you're thinking about you know uh, reading a leadership book, don't do it. Go and watch that series on um, what's it? Called? I think it's called Coming Home. Um, about Martello Bielsa and Leeds United, and also about the the culture with Rad, Rad Ziani and Victor Orta, who have the same mentality. And you'll see how an organisation, when you've got passionate leaders who believe in doing it the right way, can achieve can achieve anything.
1: Right, right. Even the own, owner, the his passion, the way he goes yeah. and hugs, hugs the fans, yeah, it takes some pictures with them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing,
2: yeah. It's interesting how they're very um tactile and emotionally involved with it. Um, you know, it for the owner, it's clearly not a business, it's a right. passion. The player, right. the players can see that and invest his own money in, into it. Uh, obviously, you know, he will get a payout uh, at some point, he's not just doing it for the right. love of it, uh, you right. know. That would be that would be stupid, but yeah it's a it's a great example of leadership and as I said, the culture to change change the culture in six weeks. if you'd have asked me what's the quickest I've changed culture, I would say uh, three months. And normally within a team, you can start to see it within three months, and it'll take six to be, um, you know, it's like a plant. You 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 start to see the shoots after three months, a few more leaves after six, and really it takes twelve months, and then after eighteen, it's embedded. He did it right. in six weeks. Rethink mm-hmm. leadership without
1: without even speaking the native language.
2: <laughs> without speaking without speaking the language and and yeah. you know everybody's is revered is revered by everybody that every single player i mean there was an interview with Pep guardiola and they asked him you know what does he think and he said he's the best manager in the world and they said, well, you know you've won the Spanish league, the German league, the English league, two champions league, and he said but managing being the best manager is not about winning trophies because Whether you have a good team or a bad team has a huge influence. He said, for me, what differentiates a good good manager from a bad manager is, are the players significantly better when you leave? He said, with Bielsa, everybody who plays for Bielsa is a better player at the end of it, whereas some of the people, they get good players and those good players win the trophy, and some of them – you know, Mourinho. Some of the players uh, end up worse players. Uh, you right. know, it kills them. Bielsa doesn't do that. And right. he also said as well that you know, if Bielsa managed the teams that he'd managed, he would have achieved the same things because they were good teams, right. and he would have and he would have made them better. So, uh, I'm actually a Liverpool fan, but i um, after that, watching this. I, the I love Liverpool. I love Liverpool as well. I was so excited last season. I yeah. uh, disappointed the season before that Klopp didn't do it. But, I mean, you know, you see Klopp, Guardiola, Bielsa, Pochettino, the players love them. You know, great. For me, they're great inspirational managers. But hard yeah. as well. If you've yeah. got to be dropped, they'll drop you. I mean, you know, Bielsa, you know, he. if you do it bad, the, you know, they're firm, firm but fair. Firm but fair. Right.
1: right. Absolutely. All right. So, um we can have a separate discussion altogether about <laughs> this, <laughs> I
2: believe. That's fantastic. All right, I so know, it's uh, like it's like on Saturday we're playing Brighton and Ben White had never played in the Premier League. He spends one season under Bielsa and now Liverpool want to buy him. Manchester City want to buy him. Manchester United want to buy him. Brighton didn't make him better. Bielsa right. made him better. From a, yep. a player who's never played to somebody who's in demand at Liverpool, Manchester city and united right 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 all
1: right yeah.
2: so <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah
1: this, this is a good point because you no, know, hardly people speak sports okay. these I,
2: can i just can i just come back on this a second so one of the things that uh, i think is important for leaders it, i i have a simple question for you when i'm talking about this do i come across as moderately interested interested or madly passionate?
1: Madly passionate. (laughs) Madly
2: passionate. And that is a great leadership uh, quality, in my opinion, because if we can be passionate about what we're doing, passion is infectious.
1: Absolutely. You
2: you know, one of the challenges with leadership uh, is that You know, we we talk about employee engagement, and our employee engagement is at 33% in the the U.S., and it's around 15% worldwide, which I don't believe, because I've worked in the U.S., and people are no more engaged. They might say they are, but it's pretty consistent. But if you look at the U.S., management engagement is at 30%. So what's the problem? Is it disengaged employees? which is what we try and fix or is it disengaged managers i'm telling you i know exactly it's the disengaged managers if you've got engaged passionate managers that is infectious if you've got disengaged managers that's infectious so you know be passionate about it be excited about the leading and have that opportunity
1: Right. Even though, even though you are st- sharing examples from football, cricket, mm-hmm. you're connecting it to leadership somehow. It's all you know
2: leadership. It's all leadership.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All you, right.
2: don't have to, you don't have to be the greatest player to be the great. You know, Klopp, I think Klopp, uh, Bielsa stopped playing. I read that today. He stopped playing when he was 25 and moved right. into coaching who wasn't a great player, went on to be a great manager. Klopp was a second division footballer, went on to be a great manager, which makes you think about where do we get managers and leaders from? We tend to pick the people who are the best footballer, the equivalent of the best footballers, and put them into leadership. There aren't many great footballers who make great managers.
1: Right, right. Maybe
2: we're looking in the wrong place. Absolutely, absolutely. Search for leadership skills. right. So uh, yeah, <laughs> coming
1: uh, coming back to you, you know you are one of the most sought after speakers in the leadership space. So if you can share a couple of uh, talks of yours or keynotes which you loved or you are excited about, uh, that will be fantastic.
2: You mean talks that I've seen that I really like? No, you have given.
1: The keynotes um, you
2: have delivered. Yes. So one of my favourite ones. Uh, I don't tend to get nervous when I'm speaking. Obviously, you know, you get a little bit of butterflies if it's a big crowd, and and that's normal. But you right. know, it, it's it, it it's not like a fear of speaking that a lot of people have. Uh, but my my favourite talk I did was um, I did a TEDx talk, and right. I, I and I chose to do that in French, uh, and I can tell you and uh, uh <laughs> i i could have <laughs> it it was almost as uh as I was almost as afraid as I would be going out and opening the batting at the uh, Sydney Cricket Ground (laughs) on on the opening day of uh, an Ashes Test match. Uh, I'm very, 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 very nervous because my French is good, but it's not perfect. And I wanted it to be perfect, so I had to learn it. But that's a talk I did, and you you can see that on YouTube. I did it in French, uh, and it was called um, My uh, Little Secrets for Your Big Success and it's four steps. Aim high. So, you know, I wanted to be a top leadership expert, start small. Um, So I started by writing blogs. I started writing, uh, you know, a blog on leadership. And then the second part after start, uh, oh, well, aim high, start small, celebrate. So every time you do something, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and then just keep going. And, you know, I've written 14, 1500 blogs, which is a huge amount. How did I do that? One a day for 1500 days. <laughs> and one a day, you know, it's like the marathon running 15 minutes. It's easy. And you just, it's a lot of big goals are just the accumulation of small goals. Absolutely. And it might be a, an increase in effort or it just might be that one a day. And after 1500 days, you've accumulated. So that was one talk. I did two talks in uh, India. I did a, uh, I spoke in uh, Pune last year. I was over, um, spent four days in Mumbai. Um, I think you think you know what monsoon means, but until you've been to Mumbai in September, (laughs) you have no clue. (laughs) <laughs> you were kidding yourself, um, and we were there for the uh, Ganesh festival, which was awesome. And I did I did two talks. So I did uh, my my most popular talk, which is fast: uh, how to create engaged, empowered, excited teams. But I also did one on how to create a can-do attitude, and uh-huh. how do we how do we do that in a team? And and I'm now working on a new talk. I'm going to write a new book um, called. Um, selling dreams not facts Uh, and a lot of times we let facts get in the way and you know leadership is more about leadership is more about selling dreams than it is um you know we've got to inspire people and we do that by setting big bold goals and sometimes you have to ignore the facts that might tell you you can't do it. My my favourite goal of all time was set by Kennedy when he said by the end of the decade we'll land a man on the moon. At the time he said that, the technology didn't exist, the science to create the technology, the mathematics didn't exist. And yet, and, and yet, that didn't stop them from setting that goal, nor achieving it. So, we've got to, you know, sell the sell the vision, be, you know, create aspiration, get people inspired and motivated. So, the so the book and and the talk that I'm putting together is called "Selling Dreams, Not Facts: How Leaders Create Unstoppable Momentum That Achieves Amazing Results."
1: Fantastic, fantastic. All right. So uh, before I leave you for today, uh, I have last two questions for you. One is, uh, you, are you come across as a person who lives. Uh, you come across as a person who lives the real life. You know, you are yeah. into food. You do. You are a leadership expert. Uh, you do marathons. You do lots of, So, so what, what, what are the, what are your success mantras basically? What, what are the principles you believe in?
2: Well, I, I think, as I say, it's um, aim high, start small, celebrate, and keep going. Uh, I think I, I wrote an article today about uh, smart about goal setting, and the you know I talk about smart goals, but I change it a little bit because people tend to think it's specific, measurable, achievable. No, I want aspirational. I want a goal that whenever, if it's achievable, when I do it. It's hard to be proud of something that you knew you 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 could definitely do. You want to, you know, something where, you know, like running a marathon, I'd never done it. So I thought I had a, a, a way of doing it, but it still needed to be done. Uh, so, you know, make it aspirational. Something where you're stretching yourself, pushing out. Uh, make it relevant. Make it relevant to your life and what you're doing. So one of the... One of the goals I've set for this year is I want to do a a talk. I'd like to do a TED talk, but I'm not sure whether that'll be uh, possible or not. But I want to do a talk in Spanish.
1: Wow. (laughs) Uh,
2: But but it's relevant for me because we moved to Spain. I moved to Spain in... um, september in, in october so i'm living in spain so learning spanish is something that i need to do so now i've set a goal of doing that which is basically i'm defining the level at which i want to speak spanish now if i have said i want to do that in hindi <laughs> it would have been a nice goal but where am i gonna why is that relevant to me
1: absolutely if i'm living in
2: india then it, it's relevant Right. But if, if it's not relevant to you, you know, although I could do it, I'm not going to get the chance to practice and work on these things. So, you know, goals that are goals that are aspirational but not really relevant, they just we tend to give up on it. So if it's aspirational and relevant, um, we we want to do right,
1: right, fantastic. Uh, and then the finally
2: aim high, start small, celebrate, keep going.
0: Persistence is a
2: persistence is a talent multiplier. And coming back to cricket, I don't know if you know this. Uh um, let me just do the maths in my head for a second. No, oh, I can't do it. Uh, when it comes to cricket, there are multiple ways of scoring a century. You can do it with uh what sixteen sixes and a couple of fours, or you could hit a hundred singles.
1: Right, right.
2: Both of them are a century. Right and, you know if it takes a hundred singles it it doesn't make it any less of a century, so if you can only do it in singles, do it in singles
1: right. power of
2: power of persistence talent multiplier <laughs> that is that, that is an example which is registered over here <laughs> yeah, yeah, stay at the crease, stay at the <laughs> crease right
1: <laughs> so uh my final question uh Gordon, is uh, you know uh this is. We are times COVID-19, right? So I yeah. know that you you are a traveling uh, person. You used to travel a lot to give speeches and keynotes, et cetera. So how has COVID-19 impacted you? And how do you think 2021 will go for you?
2: So in January of 20, 2020, I had 16 speaking gigs already lined up. I was speaking in Shanghai. I was speaking in Beijing, Cape Town, Copenhagen. I had um, I had gigs in Dubai. I was supposed to be speaking in Pune, Mumbai, Delhi, and Bangalore. Coming over and, and speaking at those in April, uh, and I, had, I I did one in Seville. The one in Seville was February the second. I did that talk. All of the rest cancelled.
1: My goodness.
2: Rescheduled. So I didn't do any. Um, I didn't do any live speaking, so I've I I, I did, um, and I was supposed to be giving a four-day leadership training course in Dubai as well, um, high-performance leadership. So what I've done, what I've done is I've done some online um, talks, uh, but they don't tend to they don't tend to pay as much. But you know we're in a world where money's tight now, so you've got to keep. Excuse me. You've got to keep visible. Um, right. uh, I did some um, some webinars for companies. I did um, quite a few interviews like this. I did one with a a group in uh, Sri Lanka. We had nineteen hundred people on the call. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, a 90-minute talk, and most people stayed to the end. Me and a, a good friend of mine, uh, Nigel Risner, uh, if you can get him as a guest, I, I'll, I'll introduce you to amazing speaker. He, he was my speaking coach. He's uh, a little bit um, off the reserve. He, he's an out-of-the-box, amazing, uh, amazingly oh. entertaining and uh, informative speaker. Not as... Uh, structured as me but that's my math back- mathematics background but ama- amazing insights and uh, tact and and then I, I i moved the training online so i i gave it for the first time as a two-day uh leadership uh for maximizing profits i did that for 35 people in november and now i'm breaking that down into uh, a six week course of two hour sessions and we're going to start launching that in February. And one of my goals is to put a thousand people, uh, through that course, not recorded, you know, like this with, with Q and a, uh, and working with people rather than just, you know, watch the videos and follow it. Oh, and, I I think it. That, and I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that by the, uh, Q3, Q4, the speaking will be back available. The, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm booked to go and speak in Shanghai and Beijing at two large HR uh, conferences. So I'm hoping to do that. And I think, you know, the other thing I've done is put out more content, you know, keep, keep in the public eye. Uh, a lot of people don't like to do that because they say, you know, when you give it away for free, it... it um, you know, you can end up giving it all away. But uh, the way I look at it is that this sounds arrogant, but it's not meant to be. You know, having led teams of a thousand people for thirty years, I, I have—I'm not telling you just one thing. Okay. There's a whole, There's a There's a whole. You know. There's was a whole raft of things uh, I'm sure Tendulkar could teach us about cricket for an entire year without oh, right. repeating himself now I'm not saying I'm in that in that league, but I, I know enough, i know enough I've got enough content to right. give a lot away for free and still have more to give um, so but I work with a lot of people and they they know this and that's it and if they give it away for free, they're done. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not in that group. Right,
1: right. You're you are much more than such a kind of
2: leadership, for sure. So, so yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, yeah, Gordon. Th- as I said, I think there's a difference. You're part of the difference between knowing and understanding. When you understand, I can tell you how it applies to cricket, to football, all these other things. When I only know it, I can only talk to you about it in this in this context.
1: Absolutely. But I
2: understand it so I can I can show you and give you examples that apply across the full spectrum.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, we have come to the end of the discussion. I've enjoyed it. It's been me more too. than an hour, but uh, it didn't feel like that. So thank you so much uh, for You're coming on. And uh, I hope to speak to you more soon. Me,
2: me too. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Happy weekend. All right. So that was Mr. Gordon Fredgold. Uh, He, I I, I don't have words to explain his knowledge, the kind of experience he carries. uh, And we all struggle to be good leaders. If you ask me, I struggle with my team. I have a very small team. Sometimes I don't set the right example, but he has given me enough food for thought for the weekend. So I have some... uh, Thinking to do. And uh, thank you all for tuning in today. And uh, as always, I'll bring on more people like Gordon every week.
0: Thank you for listening to The Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow The Thrifty Marketer Podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor. See you next episode.